Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. And so tonight what I want to do is I want to talk to you about something that is, we're going through this season where we're seeing God work. Um, I'm talking with people and, and, you know, so many encouraging conversations. In fact, last night I had a conversation with somebody and during our 10 day fast back in March, they were on Debbie and my heart and we just felt like God was going to heal them and he hasn't yet, but they've been on our heart. We hadn't said anything to them. So last night I'm talking with him and he said, you know, a month ago, I believe the Lord spoke to my heart about my healing. He's got Parkinson's. He's in a wheelchair. And he said, the Lord told me I'm going to be the first person at James River healed of Parkinson's and I'm going to run across the front of this platform. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And he didn't know what we were feeling. And I was so blessed by that because I just believe that we're on the front end, not the back end, that we're watching God do things. And that part of what God has to do is as he's working in the place, he's uniting our hearts together. He's developing our maturity so that he can do what he wants to do in us and through us. The fact of the matter is there are a lot of things we don't understand about healing. But we have to be careful what we do in any area of our Christian life that we don't understand. We have to be very, very careful that we don't come up with the wrong assumptions about the unobvious things and then find as a result our hearts are hardened to the obvious things. That's why the next few moments I want to talk to you about mystery and I want to talk to you about the value of mystery. You see, what, what, one of the things that's been very interesting to me as we've been going through this season, this, this happened uh, a while back. There, there were people, and we have people visiting all the time, and it's really great, but as we had a powerful service. We were celebrating some healings, and afterwards I was meeting with some people, and one of them made this comment, and he, and he said, um, well, you know, it's a mystery. Healing's a mystery. And I knew by the way they, he was saying it that what he was telling me was, don't get too excited. It's great it's happening, but it's a mystery. And there's a whole lot of things you don't understand and you just never know. Kind of a little bit like, well, you just never know. And I think we have to be careful again what we do with what we don't understand. Because if we're not careful, we can begin to use the idea of mystery as a disclaimer for a lack of faith. We can use the idea of a mystery. Well, it's all a mystery. We don't understand it. We don't know how it works. Listen, if you think that about too many things in your Christian faith, you'll do nothing for the Lord. If you go there when it comes to sharing Christ, well, it's a mystery. We don't understand how people get saved. If that's where you're at, you will not share Christ with people. If that's where you're at on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have to be careful what we do. What mystery should do to us is mystery should draw us closer to God with anticipation for what he will do. And one of the things we have to be, we have to be um, comfortable with, and it can make us very uncomfortable, is we have to be comfortable with not understanding everything God is doing. In your life, you have to, in your Christian life. 
It is an error to think you and I can understand everything God is doing. If we understand everything he's doing in our life, then we're going to have an inferior Christian experience. And if I understand everything God is doing in my life, he's not God, I am. Because God's God. And there's a place for mystery. There are things we don't understand. We just have to be careful what we do with that. And we have to be comfortable with saying, I don't understand it, but I'm growing in my understanding. Rather than stop with, I don't understand it. It's kind of like, well, I haven't been healed. I say, don't stop there. Add the word, yeah. You know, we, we have to be willing to, to say, yes, it's a mystery. I don't understand it yet. You know, and then there's the whole issue of questions. So I've had a number of conversations where people say, well, you know, I don't understand. You know, I've, I have one person who was, well, it's been more than one person. So there's been several people who have said, you know, the thing on the, on the testimonies, when you share the testimonies, it makes people feel bad who haven't been healed. I said, well, it shouldn't. It should make people feel like, wow, God is moving. I'm next. That's what you should come out of it with. It should make you feel like, well, because I haven't been healed, I'm not going to be healed. And then I've had people who've said, well, if God doesn't heal everybody, it's hard for me to accept he's healing anybody. Well, that'd be like saying, if God doesn't save everybody, it's hard for me to accept that he saves anybody. I mean, if you take that and you, you play that out in any area of our Christian experience, you come up short. Are you with me on that? Obviously, you and I might have questions about what God is doing, about the way. So it was, it, it was uh, cute. Somebody said to me, you know, man, in, in the service Sunday, why did it have to be the left shoulder? Why couldn't it have been the right shoulder? That's my shoulder, you know what I mean? But then they said, but I know God is healing me. Listen, it's spiritually healthy to have questions, but it's spiritually unhealthy to hold God hostage to our questions. To say, I can't go forward until you answer my questions. I can't go forward until I understand. I can't accept what God is doing in this place or what God is doing. It's hard for me to accept it because I don't understand it. In fact, what can happen is when, when you and I make more of our questions than we make of God's power, it can literally cut the anointing off from our life or our circumstances. So what's the value of mystery? Let me give you just quickly three things, and we're going we're gonna to jump in and spend some time with the Lord. Number one, mysteries create faith. And I probably should have put this in a parentheses, or off, offense. Mysteries can do one of two things. They can build our faith, or they can cause us to be offended because of our questions. Look at it in Matthew chapter 13. When Jesus had finished his telling, finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown, and when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do these miracles? We don't understand. How is he able to do that? 
Then they scoffed and said, he's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? Now, I want you to notice something. They're all amazed. And sometimes people can think that being amazed at what God is doing is the same as having faith in what God is doing. And that's not the same. You can be amazed by the testimonies. So like Sunday, we share the testimony of the girl healed of cystic fibrosis. I mean, um, it's, it's an amazing story. Uh, the week before, somebody healed, a, a high school senior healed of an inoperable brain tumor. Amazing story. So we can be amazed by those things, but it's not enough to be amazed. If they were amazed, but they didn't believe. Watch this. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Their unanswered questions caused them to be offended. Now listen, this becomes very personal and becomes very difficult when it's somebody close to you and they've not yet received their healing. And you, you may be their caregiver, or maybe you're the one that is watching them go through um, a very painful time in their life. But we have, to, we have to be careful what we do with our questions, that we don't allow our questions to lead us to be offended at God and to say, well, I don't get why he doesn't, like something's wrong with him because he's not, and because we can't understand it and he's not working in accordance with our understanding that we become offended. We may not understand what God is doing and that's okay. But if we restrict our spiritual understanding to what we understand, we are doomed to have an immature Christianity. If you and I, if our spiritual understanding, if the only things we traffic in are things we understand, you're gonna be very immature as a Christian. Because there are things in our life that are hard to understand, things we don't understand. Do I understand everything about healing? Absolutely not. Do I believe God heal, heals? Absolutely. Do I pray for people to be healed? All the time. I may not understand everything, but I'm going to pray and believe God's going to heal. Because the more people I pray for, the more people are going to be healed. The fewer people I pray for, the fewer people are going to be healed, right? Now, some things are a mystery. And, and as we grow in the Lord, we have to come to a place where we understand that at times our heart will take us where your head never will. This is, this is true in following Christ. Our hearts will lead us where our logic never would. So let me give you an example aside from healing. So kind of give you a, a breather from the healing issue. So on this building, we're getting ready to build this building. Y2K is looming, which many of you weren't even born then, but at that time it was a big deal, had to do with computers. So, you know, everybody was predicting the collapse of Western civilization because all the computers could not do the double odd, the, the two zeros, they wouldn't know how to compute it. It was gonna cause massive crashes. 
So we're getting ready to build the building. It's 1998. We're, we're going to pay $2 million for the land here. Then when we get the plans back, the building's going to be $13 million, so now it's $15 million. We only have $700,000. So we're going to do a fundraiser. We hire a firm because at that point we haven't done very many and we need all the help we can get. So we bring this firm in and the firm says, you know what, Pastor, you, you don't think there's money in your church that is in the church. And uh, I'm just telling you, there's way more money there than you realize. And I said, well, that would be great, but I think you're wrong. And the reason why it is because I, at that point, could greet everybody by name in the church. So he does his little survey. He comes back and he says, oops, you're, you're right. You, there is no money. And <laughs> I mean, that's really what he said. So he says, you know, the best you guys can do, he said the best we can do is raise two and a half million. So two and a half million plus 700,000. At that time, the banking environment is very tight. Interest is very tight. And so, you know, we're trying to make a decision on what to do. And I remember going to the banks and the banks are very skeptical. And, and finally, one bank called um, our, our general superintendent and just said, Hey, what do you think of this guy in this church? And are you for him? Are you, is it going to, he said, you should loan him the money because that church is going to go somewhere. And they said, well, if you're that sure, why don't you loan him the money? <laughs> so they did. I mean, praise God. But I can remember being so, so filled with just, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy that tries to do something we don't have the money to do. And, and obviously we don't have the money for a $15 million project without furnishings. I mean, that isn't even furnishing the building. I mean, we'd all been sitting on the floor. So, you know, it was one of those kind of things. So I go away and uh, that weekend I'm preaching in Brooklyn Tabernacle and I preach in the morning and that evening I'm in the, uh, at the Sunday night service just uh, Jim preaches and he has an, an altar call. We go forward. We spend time in the altar. We go back to our hotel room and I tell Debbie, I'm just so disappointed because I really felt like the Lord would meet me at the altar, show me what to do. I don't know what to do and I don't understand why God won't tell me what to do. You know, it's one of those things. The next morning I'm sitting on the plane and all of a sudden I realize I'm a different person. Where I had been filled with just this dread and this sense of, of worry over what to do, all of a sudden, none of that's bothered me. The Lord speaks to my heart and says, listen, when you get home, the next morning I want you, on Tuesday morning, we're flying home Monday, on Tuesday morning I want you to drive your truck out to the place where the, where the platform is, and I want you to lift your hands and I want you to begin to praise me for the auditorium I'm gonna build. And I want, you, I want you to remember I'm the God that takes things that are not and calls them as though they are. So my mind, logic, couldn't explain it. If I'm going off logic, I'm never doing it. If I'm going off what I feel in my heart, I'm making a decision. So are you with me? Our hearts will lead us at times where, our log where logic would never take us. So we learn to walk by the heart we, we walk by faith, not by sight. And it's as we walk by faith that we begin to understand things. So that's why Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were formed at God's command. How do you understand that? You understand that by faith. It starts in the heart, moves to the head. 
Second, let me say this about mysteries. Mysteries are an invitation to seek. Some things are a mystery by God's design, and I believe healing falls in that category, but that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to understand them. This is where I think people make a huge mistake when they say, well, you know, healing's a mystery. Like, well, go, good luck trying to figure that out. I don't believe that's God's intent or his will. Some things he conceals to cause us to press in and seek. For example, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. It's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. So what God does is God conceals things for us. He doesn't conceal things from us. So, for example, let me put it to you this way. And, and he's delighted as we search for them. So like we do every year, we've done this for years, Debbie and I do an Easter egg hunt, and we start it with our kids. You know, we have three kids, and, and um, they're so close in age together, 30 months between the oldest and the youngest. And so when we're doing the Easter egg hunt, we wanted to kind of elongate those wonderful memories of an Easter egg hunt. And you know, when they're little, you give them candy, give them a little, a little something, and, and they're all happy. But as you get older, you got to motivate them to look for the eggs. So we decided we put money in them. And um, so, I mean, our kids did it clear up into their college years. I mean, they loved the Easter egg hunt. And it was hilarious to watch college kids running around grabbing the eggs because, hey, there was money in them. So now we do it for our grandkids. And I keep having to tell David and Brandon, you cannot be in the hunt this year. I'm teasing. But, but when we do the hunt, we don't take the eggs and bury them in a hole and sod over the top. We put the eggs in a place where they're going to have to search, but they can still find them. And what I do as grandpas, I kind of watch and see who's kind of losing the battle. And usually it's one of the little ones. And then because I'm the one who hid the eggs, I help them. And I know where the $10 bill is and I know where the $5 bills are. And I'm like, hey, over here, go get that. And then so like the little one has like 50 bucks and the others are like, I only have $5. So. So that's how we play Easter at our house. We delight in the search. It's to the glory of God to conceal things. It's to the glory of kings to search them out. Search and discovery are part of life in the kingdom. I mean, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. Seek and you'll find. He says in the next verse, he who seeks finds. Sometimes what you have to do is you have to seek an answer for what's not happening in your life. So some of you remember, I told, I told this story a while back, but uh, so if you've already heard it, forgive me, but if you haven't heard it, it'll help you understand what we're talking about here. So we have our fast, our 10-day fast back in March. I'm very excited about it. We have our service. And I'm just really jazzed about what God's going to do. And, and God is, we're still benefiting from that. But that night as, as, we're, as we're having service, um, there's people in the aisle for healing. 
and I go and I, and I pray for a person and I can tell they're not healed and you just have this sense, you know, no words are exchanged, but you can tell they're disappointed. And I know, I know I'm disappointed because I'm like, what? What in the world? I mean, we fasted 10 days. I mean, I'm, I'm praying that God would, would, you know, that I would have greater power on my life. I mean, that's what we'd all want, right? So then we're praying for people to be filled with the Spirit. And I, I mean, I'm going to just be honest with you. That's never been something I felt as effective at as I would like to be. So I'd really, through the fast, made it a big point to pray for that. And that night, more people received than I've ever had received when I prayed for them. But not everybody received so after the service, you know, I'm in my office and Brennan says, what do you think service? I said, it's a great service. Uh, I said, but I'm a little personally disappointed. And he said, why is that? I said, because, you know, I prayed for this person and they weren't healed and then other people didn't receive. And he said, so what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what the disciples did. I'm going to ask Jesus. I'm going to ask him, why couldn't I do it? So he said, well, how does that, what's, what's that look like for you? I said, well... Tomorrow morning, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to have my worship time. I'm going to, then when I, I'm, I'm going to pray and I'm going to say, Jesus, I want to know why I couldn't do it. So I get up the next morning. I'm so excited. I have my coffee, you know, get, get through my Bible reading, my worship time, because I, I just really have this, this sense the Lord's going to speak to me, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say until I hear it. You ever had that? You want God to speak to you? And then when he does, you're like, oh, ouch. <laughs> so I say, God, why couldn't I do it? Instantly. Because it was about you. I was just like, I wept. I'm going to tell you, I wept. And the, and the Lord was very clear. Listen, you weren't thinking about the person who needed healing as much as you were thinking about yourself. And you weren't thinking about the people who were being prayed for, who had come, stepped into the aisle, their journey, how many times they'd been prayed for, all these different things that would be a part of their reality. And then he directed me to Ephesians 3, where it's that great passage on that the Spirit of God might help us to understand how wide and long and deep and high is the love of God and to experience this love that surpasses all understanding to be filled then we'll be filled to all the fullness of the measure of God now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask but you got to have the full measure of God in order to have the full measure of God you got to really experience the love of Christ and until I love people more and love him most I'm never going to be able to operate in his power. You, it's a mystery why I couldn't until I saw it and he said, here's your answer. Are you with me? So sometimes there's things that God is doing in your life and you don't understand why you haven't received your healing yet or why somebody else hasn't. And I would suggest to you that God delights in revealing things to you as you press into seeking him for that revelation. There's some you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what you've, what you've falsely concluded is that it's not for you. One person said to me, uh, and I've had several people say, you know, if I get it fine, if I don't, uh, that's okay. You know, then I guess I don't. And I said, well, you'll never get it. It's not for people 
who casually approach it. It's for people who press on. I mean, the apostles spent 10 days. She said, don't go anywhere. Stay. Wait. You see, sometimes we have to press in. We have to seek. There's a third thing I want you to notice, and we'll wrap this up. Um, mysteries are unlocked by hunger. Matthew chapter 13, Jesus is teaching on the parables, and he says to the disciple, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. That's really good news. But to them, it has not been given. Who's that? The crowds. Many times, God conceals something, and when he does, it's an act of mercy because with revelation comes responsibility. Unto whom much is given, much is expected, right? The more you and I know about how God works, the more we are accountable for what we know to function in it. That's why James says, don't let many of you be teachers. Because if you're able to teach it, you better, you better start living it, right? And so what happens is, by keeping revelation from those without hunger, God's protecting them from the judgment that comes with responsibility and from the failure that responsibility would bring. Because listen, if, I'm, if I don't really care and, and now I've got this knowledge, I'm doomed to fail in my execution of it, right? So here he's telling the parables. And so who gets to hear what the, the disciples come and they say, hey, tell us what this parable means. Jesus, we don't understand what this means. And he tells them, like, well, why do you talk in parables? And he says, listen, you know, it's been given to you to understand, but to them not so. Anybody who wants to understand has the opportunity to understand. What happens, though, is that as you and I are hungry to hear from God and learn from him, that hunger prepares our heart for the responsibility that his revelation will bring. It takes a steady hand to carry a full cup. God has to develop us. And there's something about that leaning in, that hunger that drives you to seek for an answer because you don't understand something. You say, but what if I don't? Listen, rather than going with what if, I'm saying embrace what we're talking about here and see what God does with that. Look at it in Proverbs 25 again. It's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings to search things out. Do you realize when we're talking about kings here, Revelation 1.6 says, we are the kings and priests of our God. You're, when it says he's the king of kings, you know who the kings are? It's you. We're the kings because we're going to rule and reign with him forever. So it's the glory of kings to search things out. And when we pursue the hidden things with confidence, those mysteries literally begin to unfold for us and, and become a part of our knowledge and a part of our functioning in the kingdom. Look at it. It says in Matthew 13, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The mysteries are there. They're, they're there for you and I to discover. Mystery isn't something designed to stop us in our tracks and cause us to say, oh, well. And it's not, it's God never intended for mysteries to cause us to doubt him. So let me just say this. 
Be careful about making statements about things you don't understand. Be careful about making a statement about things that aren't obvious because sometimes what happens is you make a statement that creates in your heart a hardening to the things that are. Because once you say, and the, the way it works, once you say, well, healing's a mystery, who knows? What happens is it works against a fullness of faith that says, I'm gonna pray and believe, and I believe God is going, that we're gonna go from glory to glory to glory. Are you with me on this? Second, be careful about assuming you'll never understand. Well, it's all a mystery. I don't understand. You know, I, I would be careful about that. In the last year, I understand more about it than I understood a year ago. I can just tell you, I do. It's very, very interesting to me to watch this. And I believe we go from glory to glory. We grow in our understanding. And don't let your questions dictate your faith. God has more. And again, we're at the front end, not the back end. God is doing something, and it's not the only place he's doing it. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not uh, of the opinion that this is the only place. This is a place God is visiting, and this is a place where there's an increasing momentum. And I mean, we're seeing more people saved than ever before, more people um, baptized in water, more people healed, more people filled with the Spirit. There's more that's happening. And I'm just telling you, there's an accumulating weight of grace that's gonna bring about a move of God. And so if you need healing, listen, it's wonderful when there's a word of knowledge, but you don't have to have a word of knowledge to be healed. Can I just encourage you with that? Some of you came tonight, you need healing. God can heal you right where you're at. Some of you wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit, you've not been filled yet. And, and one of, for some, what's happened is you viewed it as optional rather than essential. And, and you said, but I did for a while. I really wanted it and it never happened. Well, don't stop now. You're closer than you've ever been. But God wants to, God wants to do something in us. God wants, to, God wants to take us where we've never gone. And God wants to reveal to you the hidden things. It's been given unto you. It's been given unto you to understand. It's been given unto you to walk in his power in an amazing way, man.